My name is Michael Scott. Welcome to my world and prepare to be awakened. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Jeff. Roxy. And Chris. Welcome to episode 26. Today we are talking about Dr. John D. and Virginia Dare. And I want to wish everyone Happy New Year. We're in 2011, the year of the warlock, so yay. There we are. There we are. Or if you're um, listening to the audiobook, uh, she's once referred to as Mrs. D., Mrs. D. Oh, really? She she is the audiobook guy. Messed up at um Whoa. at uh, D's when they're in D's office, and she had just come back from shopping or something, and he was and uh, actually I went to the book to look it up real quick to see if maybe it was mistyped in the book, but in the book it's it's uh, Mrs. Dare, but the audio book got the audiobook narrator said Mrs. D and I was kind of I was like what 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 what, what just happened <laughs> Is that right when she tells him that he bought her a whole new wardrobe and it was very expensive <laughs> Yeah it's around that time yeah it is Yeah it's around that that part in the book but uh yeah so little little mix up there from the narrator but Well she yeah, almost thought, was Mrs. D Yeah 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 <laughs> yeah absolutely so I I kind of thought that's why I went to the book because I was like, is it really written that way? And I went, and it, it's not. So he just, he just read it wrong. <laughs> so we got some news. Uh, I'm going to be your honorary news reader this month. Uh, as you can tell from our intros, Sean is, uh, is not with us this evening. At least not right now. He may pop in, you know, sometime in the podcast. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go through like, the news. will be like, where's Waldo? Like, yeah. Where's Sean? <laughs> exactly. Sean will just randomly pop in and start talking. Everyone will be like, "What?" <laughs> but Sean, um, you sound so womanly tonight. <laughs> yeah, I like it much better. <laughs> so we don't have a whole lot of news. The uh, kind of big piece we've got is the, the Awakening Quest game that we uh, that we made and we had on the portal uh, concluded uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, the winners have been all. Uh, randomly selected from the people who uh, who finished the game, and I, I got to admit, guys, a little disappointing. We we had about a third of the amount of uh, completers this year as we did last year. So, you know, I, I think me and Sean are a very poor judge of what is considered easy. <laughs> <laughs> I that. It was so, hard. Still haven't finished. Yeah, so I think uh, I think we might try. We we thought we fixed it. We thought, oh my gosh, that one from the apprentice was so hard that uh, we we'll, we'll make this one all puzzle based and it'll just be easy puzzle games. And I, we thought it was going to be rather simple, but it mm-hmm. turns out that it was it was kind of hard. So we're a really bad judge of that. So uh, we'll we'll try to take care of that uh, in, on the next one and. Uh, you know, we'll switch it up a little bit more and, um, you know, have a have a really good game for you guys. But a lot of that, too, I think personally is where in this game you couldn't give anyone an answer, you know? Yeah, that was good. 
Yeah, I mean, because on the last one, you know, one person got the answer, and then really all they had to do was, you know, secretly PM it to everybody, and then all those people got that answer too and finished on. So, now you you're know, giving away the secret. Come on. <laughs> well, that game is over and done. It's a year old. They can go and I, I've been giving those answers away too. They've been people have been PMing me about uh, the Apprentice game, and I, I basically give them the answer or give them a hint that is so close to just getting the answer that it's it's not even funny. But um, so you know, that was a big thing I think um, where people couldn't you know pass around the answers um so although at the same time it hurt though because there were a couple where no matter what i did could not solve staring for hours couldn't solve it (laughs) and i get strategy behind it but i'm just so bad at it that without getting somebody being able to give me a hint to push me in the right direction for for what to do i got stuck and couldn't complete it uh well well the the one that got me Mm -hmm. just was the, the fog. Oh, yeah. That one you can look up how to do, actually. That one you can Google, and it'll give you the, 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 the way to beat it. No, no, no. I tried that. Still couldn't do it. Oh, well. <laughs> Pretty much Still just keep clicking until they all go out. You know? <laughs> I think that's the one I clicked the most. Yeah. I just kept redoing it, redoing it and doing it. It actually took me like three days before I got through the forest. Yeah. Well, I I kept ending up with like two blocks that that were that kept flipping and I couldn't get them to go away and I was like, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm done. So, so there you go, Chris. You can you can you can get to the. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to the game. We're uh, you know there wasn't a whole lot of finishers. Well, there was only about a third of the finishers as it was for the Apprentice. So those people that finished got they got a lot of good prizes. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. Because we had like twelve different different uh, prizes, and but we only had like seven finishers or something like that. It was ridiculous. So yeah, yeah so it was more than seven. I, I just threw that number out there. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, we had to group some of the prizes together. So uh, the the people that finished, they uh, they made out pretty good in uh, in my eyes. I mean, full signed copies of the series to the first place winners. I think there was five sets, five complete sets of four books signed. That's awesome. So actually the, the, all the books aren't signed. There's a book plate, um, which is a, basically a signed, you know, Michael signed a, a book plate that you insert into the book. It's like so. a sticker. It's kind of like a sticker. Yeah. So, but, uh, congratulations to, uh, to everyone who completed the game and, uh, and was entered into the prize drawing and, and won a prize. Uh, basically, if you if you completed the game, you won a prize. So, <laughs> in, in a little bit of other news, we've got uh, only about 130 days until the Warlock is released. Yay! So this is 2011, year of the Warlock. Wow! So we're counting down to that. A- well, this really isn't news. This kind of news, but I thought it would be fun if we kind of. Uh, Kind of ran down what what 2010 was to the uh, to the Flamel series and the Flamel. I called it the Flameliverse on <laughs> on my post on the portal, and um, kind of broke down you know the 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 bigger events that happened in in 2010, and uh, these are pretty much chronologically you know running from the beginning of the year till uh, till the end. But um, first off, we've got Michael won a uh, a Twitter Shorty Award if you guys remember. Um, and those are coming back around sometimes. Oh, oh, they're they're starting back up. 
Yes, nominations for the Shorty Awards go through the end of January, and we're looking to nominate Michael again this year for both the category of author and books, and also a portal uh, for fan site and podcasts. So if you go on to shortyawards.com backslash flamel author, it will give you the little cookie cutter format where you can fill it in and it'll automatically tweet to your Twitter account if you allow it access. So if you go on to shortyawards.com backslash flamel author and nominate, you change the word after the hashtag, the pound author or pound books and nominate Michael in those categories. And then you can also go to shortyawards.com backslash Flamel's portal, which is the portal's Twitter name. And you can nominate it for the categories of fan site and podcast. So go on there and uh, give Michael and the portal some nominations and make sure you put in a reason because that's what helps the vote count. So come up with something creative and uh, we appreciate those votes. Okay, so we'll uh, we'll definitely... Mount another campaign for uh, for that. Yeah, we have like double the members now this time around. So yeah, so uh, maybe we can bring another award to uh, to Michael this year to match last year's award. A little bit after the award, uh, the Sorceress was released in uh, in paperback edition. Random House released this uh, online game called the uh, Quest for the Codex. You know, we had a whole podcast just on on. Uh, on on beating that game and 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 strategies on how to beat the game, or uh, yet again not beating it, or yeah, or yeah, you know, <laughs> or if you don't like if you if you don't like Frogger, or getting hit by cars, <laughs> getting hit over, by cars over and over and over. And over. <laughs> Josh doesn't make it through the end of the series because he got hit by a car too many times, <laughs> or by the uh, uh, ninjas or the black fog from Lost. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that the quest for the codex mini game. You know, Michael went on a uh, blog tour uh, this year. Last year, he kind of went on an actual bookstore tour uh, promoting um, uh, the sorceress. But uh, for the necromancer, he uh, he went on a blog tour. Uh, just visited different blogs and book sites and things like that for questions and and uh, Q and A sessions. But um, and then the big news of 2010 was the necromancer release. The same day that the Necromancer was released, the Flamel's Immortal Portal received the uh, official uh, fan site status. So that was, that was really big for us. You know, we worked uh, we worked two years for that, and um, that finally came through for us, and uh, and we were really appreciative of that. Also, the Necromancer was on a, a bunch of uh, bestseller lists: the New York Times, Barnes and Noble, Borders, Amazon. All, all on uh, the bestseller list for those. Um, Michael was at uh, Comic Con, and of course, the big news for you, for the you guys listening on the U- in the UK, you got the uh, the full series got completely pulled from the shelves and re-jacketed and recovered and revamped images on the covers and you know, re-released with uh, with the Necromancer in the UK. Uh, and some extra stuff, right? In, and some extra case. stuff. Yeah, they got uh, the UK books have the. Uh, uh, secret files of uh, Machiavelli in there in the back. Some, not all of them, but uh, there's one like per per book. So that was some some pretty cool stuff. Also, uh, Random House released their very first. This is Random House's very first, and the Flamel series' very first exclusive ebook, which was the short story of uh, Joan of Arc. 
But, you know, obviously, if you follow us, you know that we already had that story uh, on the portal, you know, six months before that. So you guys got to read it here first. But, uh, yeah, it was a big happening in uh, 2010. You know, as always, Michael gave us all kinds of exclusive content. Our little Halloween treat was some exclusive content. As we just mentioned, the Awakening game, we released the Awakening uh, quest, our second quest. <laughs> Big news for us on the podcast, you know, we were nominated for a 2010 podcast award, and, and we won, guys. We got the award. Jeff, we, Jeff I, no. No, no, we no, won. We, we didn't win. We, we didn't win. We won in your head, I nope. think. <laughs> oh, I was dreaming. Oh, oh, that wasn't real. Maybe no. we're seeing the future. Is that next? Maybe year? that's it. Uh, I'm I'm channeling Dora and uh, 2011. I see us. I see us bringing that that award home. But uh, yeah, we were nominated uh, for a podcast award. We didn't win apparently. <laughs> and um, we also got to see the uh, the cover and the synopsis for uh, for the Warlock. So. Uh, yeah, that was uh that was a pretty full year and I'm happy with it. I hope we have as good a twenty eleven as we had a twenty ten. Yeah. Actually I have one more quick announcement. Sure um, we got well, might not be quick, but um <laughs> there is a <laughs> there's a group on Facebook. I've seen some of you guys that might be a member of it. It's called Book Club and they do a lot of YA uh, novels and things and one of the things they did at the end of the year was had people nominate books like most read series most purchased book and the secrets of the immortal nicholas Fumel series did pretty well on some of those for most purchased books of 2010 they came in 86 out of 100 nominated for most read book series they came in 85 for most loved book cover, they came in 31st. Hey, that's not that's bad. Good. Yeah. For our favorite book of 2010, The Necromancer came in uh, number 10. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. And I think the biggest thing is most anticipated books for 2011, The Warlock is number four. Wow. Oh, wow. That's good. <clears throat> that is very cool. So. Absolutely. I yeah. did not see that. If you haven't checked out that group, it's a pretty cool group. Um, that people yeah, recommending you, uh... lots of fun books and things. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> they did a, a short synopsis uh, of the series actually, like a few weeks ago before Christmas. Oh, like a like a catch up so far, like a. Um. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, she'll highlight like a, a series or a book that she thinks is good or thinks people might be interested mm-hmm. in, and they did a highlight on the Flamingo. Oh, cool. Series. So, Very yeah. cool. All right. So anyway, that's kind of a slow, uh, slow news month there, but uh, that's uh, that's that's all the news we got. Moving on to emails, and of course, I'm reading the very first one, which is from. Uh, Steven, and he says, Hello, Portalcasters. I was just thinking, what is the reason behind Kronos taking different body parts as trade for time travel slash side of time? Is there a reason behind it other than time travel really costs an arm and a leg? Or in our case, eyes and a hand. Is there some deeper, darker reason behind all this? Also, I was thinking about necromancy. What if it is only technically summoning? It has been said that the Earth... The Humani world is a shadow realm 
What if your soul is truly immortal, and in death it goes to a shadow realm, and necromancy is just the summoning of an individual or thing from any shadow realm? This could also explain the rareness of the black aura, as in you only receive it once you've gone to the shadow realm of the dead. When you enter this shadow realm, your aura is corrupt and turns deathly black. I don't know, but that's what has been bouncing around in my head, so what do you all think? Concern, Humani, Stephen. I think that's definitely a viable argument because, I mean, obviously there's been a, a huge, or not a huge, but a sudden switch. You know, I mean, like, just like in Necromancer, they started referring to Earth as a Shadow Realm. I don't know that it just didn't come up like that in that kind of, you know, order or the way it's being presented uh, in the previous books, but. You know, I just kind of noticed that in Necromancer, they is when they actually started calling Earth a Shadow Realm. Yeah, I or think we started seeing people call it that. It may have been obscurely mentioned prior to that, but it's right. very prominent in the Necromancer. Right. Like right. it's. Yeah, and you know, I don't know about the whole summoning from another Shadow Realm thing because really, that's kind of what D was doing to 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 call uh, Coat Licker back. To call Kwatlikyu back uh, out of her Shadow Realm was, you know, he was kind of just calling her from another Shadow Realm. And, you know, I don't know about the whole I'm, – I'm still iffy on the whole necromancy actually being used in that scene because, you know, D tells Josh that, you know, I, I'm not going to teach you necromancy. Actually, we're going to call Kwatlikyu and she's going to teach you necromancy. And, you know, it's just it's just a, a back and forth thing. So I don't know that necromancy was actually used to uh to summon quietly Q. Could have been. Could have been. I think I it's mean, more yeah. I think it's you know more what, summoning. I have a, a more general question. Do we actually know that she literally has no eyes or I thought she was just blind. She no longer could see so that she could see the threads of time, but I don't remember anywhere they're saying literally like body parts were taken. Oh, she. Well, yeah. Well, right. the thing the thing that he's talking about the eyes and hand. Uh, obviously, he's talking about the eyes for the Witch of Endor, but the hand. You know, we're assuming that Marethu gave his his hand with the hook for Kronos to make the uh, to make the legate jump thing for him. No, I don't know about. I don't know about Dora. I don't think we've we ever saw her, especially in the shop. I don't think we ever saw her, her actual physical eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I see what you're I saying. You know, did she give her actual eyeballs out of her head and, and hand them? To <laughs> I only rate that because I mean, this is what you know. This this question is saying you know taking body parts in eyes and hand, and I I just don't remember reading anywhere that she no longer had eyes, just no. that she couldn't see. And the yeah. first reference. Yeah says she has sunglasses on and that the twins realize she's blind. It doesn't say that they, they see. she doesn't have eyes. No, I don't think, I don't think, there's I think it's more that he took sight than eyes, but yeah, I don't, right. it's a subtle I mean, difference. I, but I don't, I don't think we ever see her take those sunglasses off or anything. But didn't they say something about the eyes being like mirrors or was that the sunglasses? No, no she was, it was like she could look into the mirrors and and use the mirrors to see. Okay, yeah, I like, remember like, that. I thought Josh, there was something about yeah. the eyes. And yeah. No, no, no. There's, I'm going to read it. Okay. So, Andorra pushed the mirror, sending it, sending it shattering to the floor. Whoops. She turned to face D and pulled off her dark glasses, 
to reveal the mirrors of her eyes. Yeah, that's ah. what I thought. You should go okay. now. You've got about three seconds. Okay. So she still actually physically has eyeballs. She just can't use them to actually see, see. They're very glassy right. and mirror-like. And she uses mirrors uh, when she first comes in. Uh, I think it's either Josh or Sophie. I think it's Josh that notices that you know when she's talking to someone, she's like looking in a mirror that is showing their reflection, and she's like looking at their reflection in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So she's like using the mirrors to yeah. to, to actually see. So uh, yeah, I, who knows? Dora is so so iffy on a lot of things. Who knows what's going on with her? Um, but coming back to the um, the thing about the summoning, um, if you go back to uh, at the end of the Necromancer, we have chapter one of the Warlock. When it says the first phrase, it starts with the warriors appeared first. Uh, they poured out of a smoking cave mouth and spread around. So, from like my per- perspective, I see it kind of like they're summoned from somewhere. So, like I don't know, I'm under the impression that come from somewhere i don't know <laughs> oh we, but we're it's ta- not necromancy oh we're t- are you, you're talking about the uh isis and osiris yes yes, yes. Oh, okay and the well, no, I think, yeah i think they were i think they were purposefully going i don't think she was calling them to there i think they were just per- purposefully traveling traveling there yeah maybe you know she know I mean? but, I mean, they look like they look like intermission though yeah. You know, like they, they go to uh, it's to see Mars? Yes. So, yeah. like, it's, maybe someone told them to go? I, I, like, I'm sure. I think that, I think it was, obviously, I think it was Dora that had had contacted them and, and either told them where he was or okay. they already knew and she told just told them to meet her there because mm-hmm. she's not surprised to see them, you know, when she walks in. You know, they all seem to have know. They all seem to know that each other was going to be there. You know, except for Mars. Yeah. I posted this on the forum. Uh, it really has nothing to do with with Deer Dare, but uh, I was going to throw this out there. Um, someone posted on the forum about them needing each other to free Mars, and I was thinking, you know, what if when the witch, you know, in- encased Mars in his tomb, what if? She did it purposefully, so there's got to be these these three people put him in the casing, and only the three people there can remove it from him. So, like one individual person couldn't go and free him. So, you know, uh, I I use the the analogy of like a, a lockbox at um, at a bank or you know at a safety deposit box where you've got to have your key, but your key alone won't open the box. You've got to have the bank's key, and both keys at the same time being turned will open the box. So it's kind of like the same thing. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm totally guessing, but I, I thought it interesting. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do with D and Dare, but... <laughs> Not at all. It was on my mind, so I thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> A little bonus conversation. Well, speaking of D and Dare... <laughs> <laughs> No voicemails. No voicemails. Come on, guys. Well, really? we had we had half of a voicemail, but um, they got cut off, so I can't. Oh, that ain't right. Did did, it, did we get some for Christmas and stuff? Not even. Nope. No voicemail. Oh, wow. it's a sad holiday. Yeah. yeah. After we left them that awesome uh, message from everyone, like that was awesome. Oh. Come on, singing songs and everything. 
Yeah, and here, you know what's funny about that is everyone probably thinks, you know, oh, uh, they they all planned that they were going to call in. I, I didn't have a clue what anyone else was doing, and I did a song. I, I, I mean, it seems like everybody came up with a song or something to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, out of nowhere, I was listening to it, and I was like, wow, I, I thought I'd be the only one <laughs> singing anything. You just thought that because you were the only one singing last time. <laughs> well, yeah, this is true. I was Although, notice, I, I did not sing. <laughs> Me no, neither. Uh, no. <laughs> No, you didn't. I didn't sing. I'd spare everybody. No. Yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, no, you. What you. What you thought is that you were not going to sing, so you wouldn't get slammed on the forum like I've been. <laughs> Especially oh. by Mike. Did you guys see his post? It's all in love. <laughs> uh, I laughed out loud at that. That was. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> uh, I blame Sean. Yeah, you can. Sure. I blame he you He was all. the instigator. Blame you all. <laughs> and he's not here, so he can take the blame. <laughs> no, you have no legs to stand on on that one, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Nope. I didn't edit, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we've no voicemails, guys, slackers, I guess we'll keep on moving to, uh, to our poll. Our poll question was about uh, about Dare. Why do you think Dare agreed to help D? Uh, we had forty three total votes, and uh, the majority of you thought that uh, she has her own agenda. I agree. Yeah, I, I think I think she absolutely does. I was a little um, surprised by that, though. I thought a lot of people would say because of her past with. Yeah, well, you know, if I don't know because. She doesn't really seem very happy to see happy him. Happy to see him at all, <laughs> and no, she not. doesn't even want to go anywhere with him until she's forced to because you know they've seen her with him. So now everyone thinks she's in league with him. So she's now she's forced to kind of go with him to stay alive. You know, with all these you know cucubus you know running around. I mean, you know, obviously she dropped them with her flute, but but still, but staying well, with him, but staying with him. And helping him, I think she definitely is seeing uh, her own gain out of that with his promises. At one point, she does say she doesn't have a choice because he, when he activated his aura, she's like, your stink is all over me. They're going to know oh, I yeah. was helping you. Right, right. She also does both when she meets him, what sort of convinces her to to even talk to him and the and then again after that scene that Jamie just mentioned is is she she reminds him of the fact that he promised her the world to be able to rule the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. it's it's first in the beginning when they first bump into each other, she first she asks if you remember, she asks for a shadow realm and he says, "Oh no, I can do better than that. I can give you this world." Right. And and that's where she goes, "Oh, okay, let's go talk." And then she has to deal with taking those those things out and then later she reminds him of that. Right. So and you know what? I, 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 yeah, I agree. I agree. She um, because she only needed to go with him to get out of that predicament. Once yeah. she was out of that predicament, you know, she didn't have to stay. Yeah. But you know, she's seeing her own personal gain in in uh, in helping him. So, I mean, as far as immortals go, I think she's probably one of the few in the best shape because she's got no ties to anyone, and mm-hmm. she doesn't have to answer to anyone. And she's immortal, yep. so. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of seems like every everyone in the in the books have their own agenda. Like, I mean, like D is 
he has uh, he has to follow orders and everything, but he has his own plan, you know. So it kind of seems like that. Oh yeah, they're all a bunch of schemers. I tell you, yeah. yeah definitely. I mean, who thinks that D is telling her the truth? Yeah, who knows? You know, I mean, yeah. he 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 may want to be telling her the truth. I mean, obviously there was you know some kind of relationship there with them in the past, so. You know, maybe he's hoping to rekindle a flame there with her, but you know what? I I just don't trust him. And I don't I don't really see how she is. Nope. Although <laughs> interesting, nobody said she didn't have a choice. Yeah, no one no one said zero percent voting on she didn't have a choice to, to she didn't have a choice to go with him, but it was her choice to continue helping him. And D is very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> that he is. <laughs> But only one Maybe. person said that. <laughs> Maybe two. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now we got our qualms, our QOMs. Qualm, qualm. Uh, question is, what do you think D's next move is now that Josh has sided with him? Uh, the first result is from Andrew S. Location, uh, Nitten's other houseboat on a lake in Pennsylvania. Nice. And and his response is, I think that the first thing D will do is get rid of Dare. Even though she is the mistress of air, it seems he only wanted her to help him raise Kotliku, not to teach Josh air magic. It just doesn't seem that D would need her for anything besides her flute, now that he has Josh, one of the twins of legend. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Did he need her? To help him write his Kotliku? Well, he went to her for a reason. I'm I'm not sure. I don't think he needed him to help raise, though. No, I think he needed her. He needed her to get him out of her assistance, to get him out of the predicament he was in. But I don't think he needed her to actually raise Kotliku. And he tells her at one point that one of the primary reasons he wants her help is so that she can use her flute to help control the creatures from Alcatraz. Ah, right, right, yeah. Right. So yeah. nothing to do with raising our right. friend Kutlik. So Kutlik. he did went, uh, yeah, he did went looking for her. Yes, oh yeah, absolutely. He definitely needed yeah. her help, yes. But not not for the act of raising Kutlik, I don't believe. Um, no. And, and no, I, and, you know, he didn't have Josh at the time, so I don't think he went went to get her specifically, you know, to have her teach Josh air magic, which she obviously can. Will she, though? I don't know about that. It would seem like an obvious choice, but I don't know. It, it would seem like D is going to ask her to. I don't know that she's going to be obliged to do it. Yeah, well, and it depends on what kind of plans he has for Josh, because he yeah. wanted to kill him. <laughs> yeah, he was, going to, he was offering him up to... Uh, to, as a snack for uh, Kowalikyu to be able to, uh, you know, uh, blindside her so he could he could control her. So I, you know he doesn't have any love. There's no love lost there with uh, with Josh. So I found the um, first discussion too, where he tells her that that he's going to raise Kowalikyu, mm-hmm. and he makes he doesn't say he needs her for it because he says he's got the four swords of power. So that's mm-hmm. how he's going to raise raise her and then right. when she questions well you know why wouldn't why wouldn't she just take you out he says he'll offer her the pure golden aura so 
if you put all that together, I don't think it, I think that confirms what we were saying that it really didn't yeah. have much to do with. Sure. Absolutely. With her. So, yep. Good response. Though. Uh, all right. The next one is from Jenna Sherwin. Location is KDL library. And her response is he will threaten Nicholas and Sophie that he will kill Josh unless they do what he wants them to do. That's a pretty good. That, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure if it comes down to it, that's exactly what he's going to say. I mean, uh, he he threat he was threatening Josh in in Ohio. Uh, you know, he's like, you know, I've got the boy, yada yada, and he had him in a little trance and all that. So um, yeah, I I don't think and there's any there's not any doubt in my mind that if he was confronted by by uh, Sophie and the ten or Nicholas and and Paranel that he would. Uh, he would use that tactic for sure. I agree. All right. Our next response is from Angelina from New York. And she says, I think D will have to figure out a way to get Josh trained in the other elements without anyone getting on his case. Either that or he will get out of the country. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, we're, we're with the elements and, and getting uh, Josh trained in them. I, I don't, I don't know what D has to gain by by making Josh more powerful, I guess. You know what I mean? They because it kind of back, right, it kind right. of backfired on him last time. Yeah, and if he makes him more powerful, and then he can't really use him as bait. You can't really or, control him. You know, you know, if he's got all this, if yeah. he's got more power than 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 D has, you know, let's say. Um, I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know what. I mean, I don't know what his next plan is since the Coatly Q thing failed um, to you know, to to kind of contain the uh, the Dark Elders from coming back. So maybe he needs Josh fully trained to to use him for something like that. But hey, we won't find out. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. use him against Mars. Possibly, very possible. Our uh, next response is from Katie from uh, Oregon. Uh, the response is, I think that D will realize that Josh's full potential is where he is combining forces with his twin. D will try to, through Josh, turn Sophie over to his side and use their powers together to complete his master plan. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. Because if, if his still plan is to close off all of the lay gates to the Shadow Realms or the entrances from the Shadow Realms um, into the Earth, quote-unquote, Shadow Realm... You know, he may need he may need both of their powers together to uh, to accomplish it. Now that he, well, I don't know. I mean, how was he planning on closing the gates? Did it say how he was planning on closing the gate? Was he going to use the codex to do that? I think because he, he wasn't he wasn't going to use Quatly Q to close the gates. He was going to put her in the shadow realms and then close all the gates. Yep. So I, I don't know exactly how he was planning to do the gate closing. I think with the codex because that has the final summoning, which is the ability to open the legate, so I'd imagine it has the reverse effect, too. Somewhere in there. Sure. Just a hunch. I would assume as well. Okay, the next one is from uh, Frigia? Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, Alicia on the forum. Location is Copenhagen in Denmark. And her response is, I think D is going to find someone who will train Josh in the three last magic. Yeah. yeah. Seems like a that's popular been, answer. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a popular answer. And, and it's a pretty, yeah. pretty good line of thought. Seems kind of obvious now that that's going to happen since Nicholas is so weak. 
and you, Nicholas and Perry are so weak, so they can't really do it. Right. Well, I don't know about Perry. I mean, we have we ever have we seen any weakness coming out of her yet? I mean, I know her hair is kind of yeah, gray. Yeah, seen her age like a little bit. Yeah, she's aged she's a little slower bit. Slower than Nick. Yeah, oh, absolutely slower than Nick. So, you know, I don't uh, – she's still got a – and he even said himself that, you know, she would she would only last, you know, days longer than him. But, I mean, she's, she's still kicking pretty good right now. I can mm-hmm. figure out why that is because technically she's I, older than him. She's older than he is, yeah. So I, I'm not sure either. That's interesting, isn't um, it? What about we, the, the amounts of power they used each or magic? Yeah, but look what she's done. I mean, when she – when they channeled through to her and she mm-hmm. fought the the Sphinx on Alcatraz, I mean, you yeah, know, it kind of seems like she used more. Yeah, she's used a lot. Although I would bet she's exponentially more powerful than he was to start. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I agree with that. Sure. You know, she's she's got a lot more to burn off before she she's as powerless as he is. Sure. So I would agree. Um, all right, so the next one is from Jack in Minnesota. I like this response based on <laughs> how I was still convinced at the end of the book that <laughs> what had happened. So he says, I think that now D actually has to teach Josh necromancy because he said he would teach it to him. <laughs> and since I finished the book and went, wait a minute, we don't still don't know who it is and it never happened. <laughs> exactly. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, maybe he'll, t- he'll teach him to be a necromancer and a magician and maybe a warlock. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe he'll tre- he'll teach him to be an enchantress. <laughs> that that would be quite the trick, I think. <laughs> Ooh, I'm glad I don't have to pronounce this person's name. <laughs> Our next response is from Schrodinger's cat and. <laughs> Well, the location is quite fitting. They are in a box, exactly where, where you would where, expect to find Schrodinger's cat. Where uh, cats should be. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Bastet that. Um, and they say, make Josh immortal to get him in debt to the Dark Elders and to separate him even more from Sophie. Yeah, you know, I I saw that response, and that's actually... That's actually a pretty good idea. I mean, if he gets him immortal and indebted to a dark elder, I mean, that's that's a pretty good idea. But the only problem with that is, what dark elder is going to help D? Now? Yeah, I don't think... I'm not sure there's any elders that will help make him immortal, no. but I think that's a good tactic to try and Absolutely. separate him more from Sophie. Yeah, I mean, like, before... Maybe before Necromancer, I would have thought that you know D really wasn't that far on the outs with his with his Dark Elders. But now that we know for sure that he is, I I don't really see any any of the Dark Elders you know helping him out and doing that. So good good uh, good thought though. I mean that would definitely that would definitely uh, mess Josh over and f- kind of force him to uh, to do whatever. Uh, whatever they wanted. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it, even if the dark elder touched him and, and released the, uh, the immortality, it wouldn't do anything to him. It might age him like two days or something. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why they wouldn't make him an immortal. Yeah. He's kind of young. 
Yeah, and uh, Michael said this on the forum several times. He's like, you know, would you really want to be 15 forever? <laughs> I mean, that's, the, nope. that's a little young to... Uh, I mean, Billy's like 22, and he's 22. Yeah. And they even say Scatty is cursed to be... Uh, um, 17, 16, the body, I think. The body of a, I think, seven, yeah, body of a 17-year-old. But, you know, I guess you could say the same thing for Aoife, so I don't know exactly how all that cursing things going to go <laughs> but uh our last response is from uh gabrielle and from hershey pennsylvania your neck of the woods there uh kristen the response is teach josh the final elements to be ready to do the final summoning so yeah that's that's a pretty pretty uh pretty consistent response there is getting josh trained up in the elements so we'll just have to see how that goes that's a lot from pennsylvania yeah what are you doing up there, Chris? You putting flyers up and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> How much is this costing you? <laughs> Hunk, if you like the flamels. <laughs> I, I, I think that the, the idea of Hershey would attract people way more than anything I could do. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> in there when you, when you walk onto like the grounds of, of Hershey Park, you can smell the chocolate. Oh, I've heard that even if you're in downtown, you can smell it. You can. It's. It's. I bet. I bet on windy day, Chris. You could probably smell it out of your house. <laughs> well, not quite. I'm actually a good two hours east of there. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. So. Closer than the rest of us. That I am. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Steve gonna do with Josh next? You know, I'm gonna have to go with he's going to try to persuade. Dare to uh, to teach him uh, air magic. I'm kind of iffy on it because of you know what does he have to gain from that. But you know his options are are seem to be all kind of falling away. You know like a like a dominoes. They're all just kind of falling down. And you know he may he may need that ace in his pocket later. So I think he's going to try. I think the, maybe not the first thing, but by the time the end of the warlock. Um, I think I read on Michael's post that the Warlock is the shortest spanning book. Like it's only like one day or something like that. Is that what he said? I think he said on, shortest book too. Yeah, shortest book, and I think it only spans so long. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think you know when we say like the first thing D's going to do. Well, I mean, you know, in these books we're only talking it's only past like a week. So <laughs> he needs like Plan D. What, is exactly. that what he's up to? <laughs> yeah, he's Plan X. <laughs> He's gone through a lot of them, but yeah, I think uh, he's going to try to convince uh, Dare to uh, to teach him air magic. Yeah, kind of like almost like he's going to use him as a weapon, kind of thing, or maybe bait. Well, I mean, he's in a pretty powerful position. He's got the codex, and if he figures out that Josh has the other two pages, then you know the elders right. may. I mean, he might that might be a bargaining tool to the elders. Although at this point, I think he's dead set on being against the elders and going off on his own but yeah I don't know he's going to have to deal with them at some point (laughs) yep or just disappear (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's any disappearing from the dark elders I don't think there's a hole hole deep enough he can crawl in that they would they wouldn't eventually find him (laughs) so so moving on Let's talk ah, about right. Start us off, Jamie. She is a pretty cool chick. I will. She is a cool chick. I think she was probably my favorite of the new characters introduced from the Necromancer. 
I really, yeah. really like her her style. You know, I'm not. I'm gonna stay out yeah. of everything unless I absolutely have to have to do it, and then it's gonna benefit me if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, she's like pedaling on the side of the street, uh, playing this "Give Me Your Money" uh, tune. Well, that she's is like hypnotizing. <laughs> it's hypnotizing yeah, that's everyone. Like Dump yeah. all the money in her in her little bag, and yeah, she just walks off with all she needs. <laughs> Must be nice. He's like the opposite from um, from uh, Francis. He's like a show off and like, oh, I'm the star. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like doing her own thing and hypnotizing people. <laughs> <laughs> she just plays her little flute and everybody walks past and gives her money. I, I, I'd like to have that song. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I think we all would. Yeah, exactly. Must be a good one. Absolutely. I want to know how Especially... she got that flute though. Yeah, the flute's still a little bit of a mystery. She, it's been hidden at a couple times. D, uh, you know, mentions it. Says, uh, you know, you never told me where you got that. And she's like, no, I didn't, or something like that. Yeah, so she never she even hints at it. No, she's not. She's <laughs> not divulging that at all. <laughs> she's not coming out to play on that one. I don't even know if Michael's even giving us any hints on, on where to look for the flute. I mean, you know, he dropped the whole. Um, um, Pied Piper reference in the book, but that wasn't for the flute. That was for one of the tunes. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I will one tell of the songs. If you search for for the f- references to the flute, there's actually very little to describe it either. But um, and and exactly what type of because there's different types. Yeah, of Yeah, I mean, right? we're yeah, talking like is it a is it's I don't a think wooden it's a, flute. It does say it, that it's a wooden flute. But is it like I, a pan flute, like multiple? No, I don't think it it's a, a pan single, flute. A single, I th- I single shaft. Because there's a reference to her twirling it like a baton, and uh, so a yeah, pan flute would obviously be difficult to do that with. So, yes. but besides the reference to it being a wooden flute, there's really only one reference to what it even looks like, and that says that there are spiral designs running down the length of it, and and that's it. Like that's. There are very few references to the flute are very short and just the flute. Like we well, don't really whole, know a lot about it. The whole spiral design thing makes me think of uh, automatically of like uh, Celtic mythology, like yeah. with Richard Skilly. You know, it, maybe it might be worth doing a quick search in uh, Celtic flutes. I did a little search just like uh, I think I did like wooden flute and spiral painting on it and – it actually mostly came up Native American, which makes sense. Which makes sense considering her character and you know being involved, you know, with early sure. colonial America and things like that. So that would make sense too, I think. And now, wasn't she? I know she was. Her history, like in real history, she was like the first. Uh, was she like the first uh, born? First born white person on American. Yeah, like the first. Pilgrim, pilgrimage was, people, firstborn. Yep, she was the great. She was the granddaughter of Governor John. Was it White or Wait? Which I, f- I forget what it is. And she was born two days after the ship landed. Right here. Right now, wasn't her village where she was? Wasn't that? Um, that was Roanoke. The right, but I mean, wasn't her her whole history involved in the whole uh, missing village thing? Yes. the Krakatoa. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's the only, in fact, the only reason that they know historically she was an actual person is because about a year after, I'm sorry, I think it was a year after she was born, 
her grandfather had to return to England for supplies. And so he talked about having this new granddaughter. That's why they know she was an actual real person. When he went back three years later, that's when they discovered that everybody had disappeared. Right. Without completely without trace. And there was the Krakatoa was carved into the trees. Yeah. Around the village. Yep. So that's Uh, interesting. A perfect mystery. I would love to hear the story, Michael's explanation of, of that, of that, of that story of what happened to her and all that. Obviously, obviously if you look at it from the art, from the Flamel story aspect, you know, maybe a, a dark elder kind of swept in and did that and maybe took her away. She's the only surviving member of that possibility. I don't know. Well, it's also interesting that when D talks about how long he's known her, he says he's known her for over 400 years. And if you just do the math, like it left me scratching my head going, how the heck did did he know her as a baby? And then there's a reference to them having talked about marriage at one point, and I thought, okay, well, regard that's kind of creepy then. <laughs> oh, he knew her since he was. <laughs> like, I'm just... Maybe maybe he imprinted on her. I just... <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Long <laughs> <Wrong> series. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I maybe I did the math wrong. Which is entirely possible, but I was, was kind of like... When was she born? Was it the, the 1500s or... Um, the top of my head. Hold on, I will tell you. Um, I think maybe she was also born 1587. Okay. August, 18th, August 18th, 1587. So, she, I mean, 500 years. I, was, I mean, that's that's 400 and... 400 <laughs> some odd years. I mean, you know, yeah. if, she, if she say she's 20-something when she was turned... I mean, you know, D could have known her for D could have known her for four hundred years. Sure. Yeah, he probably met her right after she became immortal. Sure, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I, I could I could have done the math wrong. I was just yeah. I think because that... her grandfather probably knew John D. Based on the timing of right. Yeah. So I would just again was scratching my head a little. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he went looking for her. Yeah. I don't know. That's certainly possible. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, also in the description for the flute, it says, the w- the way it's described is it says etheral music. I'm not sure how to, spe- how to say it. It's on page 58, and it says, Magnified by the stone pillars, their haunting etheral music drifted out across Covent, Covent Garden. So maybe like the, the way the sound comes out of the flute represents the type of flute as well. Um, it could be. But I mean, when I look up that type of music, it's, uh, well, I know we're not supposed to go with wiki, but it says, uh, gothic rock. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. It may just be like a tune she learned that, yeah, kind of like the Pied Piper tune, you know? Yeah. Kind of like how Perry picked up all these different spells here and there. She kind of picks up all these different flute tunes here and there that let her do right, different yeah. things. Another thing, too, uh, I was just kind of doing some quick uh, flute uh, checking here. And, you know, when I was talking about the Celtic, you know, with the designs and stuff, old Irish flutes were mm-hmm. what looked more like a clarinet. I'm looking they're at a picture of like one. Long? Yeah, they're kind of long. I mean, she twirled like a baton. I mean, 
when yeah, I, I guess you could, I guess you could twirl something that's only like a foot long, you know, in your fingers and you know maybe oh. a half inch in diameter and you, you know what? <laughs> consider it being twirled like a baton, I guess. Those flutes are also like the flute that the the one. Okay, it's the fertility god, but in in where the pictures predate the Anna. Anna, Anastasia, whatever, how, how do you say that? See, I'm terrible. Oh, um, an, an, the uh, Anna's, an, Anazi. An, an, Anazi. And we already know that there's something going on there, but there are pictures, the, the, the logo that most of the southwestern United States uses mm-hmm. of that guy with a flute. That's a flute he's holding. There's a... there's a <laughs> The a, guy a, with the flute? Yeah, the guy with the flute is holding a flute. You know, the guy with the flute. Um, It's holding a flute. (laughs) No, that's interesting. I wonder. I wonder if that flute ties back to that. Well, that's why I thought, especially given the whole possibility of Native Americans being part of the reason that that the colony she was a part of disappeared. It's the Coco Pele is the name of the god. Mm-hmm. And he is a flute-carrying god. The first images predate that Anasazi civilization. And there are sort of pictures of him all over in the caves and everything out in the southwest. Oh, I see. Well, that how did he die? Especially <laughs> because we know that her elder was a him. Yeah, I was going to uh-huh. say, how did he die? <laughs> Well, we the, don't know, right? Well, but, well, no, we know who we know who killed him. Yes. Well, but you know what? I you know how he died in the series. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that's what we were talking about. <laughs> I thought we were. Talking, I thought we were talking about in the series. Sorry. You, you meant like? <laughs> well, in I meant world. like that's in mythology. In the yeah. series, her her elder. We know we know that everybody thinks she killed him, right? Well, she didn't kill him. She led the deer lady, ladies to where he was and they killed him she let him die by ratting him out right okay i just i I, it was funny when i read the because i reread some of the references to her elder and just wanted to make sure I, i think there were there were folks who were originally confused and thought she had she had actually killed him but not yeah technically it says that in previous books that she 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 was immortal and doesn't have an elder anymore and that she may have even killed him and it right. was right. and and d d i think d actually thinks that she actually killed him because that's when she explains you know how he actually died right which in essence she kind of did kill him yeah sure she she Round let about. him be killed so <laughs> sure yeah she betrayed him what what if let's think of it like this we know the pan flute is from you know pan obviously the in you know like the greek mythology pan what it, and we know you know like what a pan flute looks like. It's got the long uh, tube, and then it starts going down to smaller ones, and you like blow across them and everything. What if her flute is like from that flute, and it's like broken up? That's interesting. You know, you know what I mean? Like the longest, the longest cylinder out of Pan's flute, you know, is is the flute that she plays, or flute that she has. Just just something that that I thought about that I thought I'd throw in there. Although did Pan's does Pan's flute have 
like holes in it, like to do the different no, I notes, mean, or is no, it the different notes to, were across the different? No, no. Obviously, in a pan flute, the notes are the different the sizes di- yeah. of the shafts. But you know, if you take one off and you 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 whittled it into an actual flute, you would uh, essentially have a flute. That's an interesting theory. So, I don't know. I just kind of I was just when I was researching flutes here just now, I I, I was looking at a pan flute and uh, that thought crossed my mind. I tend to lean towards more towards the Native American just because of her. I would background. too. I also think it, it's interesting that she says what, her elder was killed by the deer woman, right? Where were they? He was in Oklahoma, and then he was in the Heart of Death Valley, so he's in that southwestern mm-hmm. U.S. Couldn't have come from somewhere else, but, you know. Which the deer woman yeah. is also very Native American legend. Um, yep. I did some research on that, trying to see if there was some kind of myth about, leave, you know, leaving men to die or something, but no. Didn't find anything so on that, but yeah. Um, with her whole elder thing, you know, we obviously she led him to be dead. She had immortality, and now no one can uh, can take it from her. But obviously, she can. You know, she she can be killed. Yes, you know what I mean. And I find it interesting. When we go back to the conversation between Machiavelli and Kate's a birdie thingy, whatever, you know, he's saying that, you know, your elder gave me permission to, to end you, basically, is what he's saying. But, you know, he's he's not going to because of, of, of a debt that he owes him. So, you know, did he mean that he could, he was going to, like, do the, just actually walk up to him with a, one of the swords or blades in the place and, you know, whack his head off or did he mean he was going to remove his immortality like can can like an elder give the other another elder permission to remove immortality or does it physically have to be the original elder i'd imagine imagine it would have to be the original elder i, I would guess from the well, standpoint that, that like the where the loyalty lies you know there would be no loyalty line unless they just kind of let them think that i don't know right I would agree with that too. That's what I was thinking, but you know, I keep going back to that conversation where he says, you know, yeah. I've I've, I've, been, I've got just cause to 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 end your life. Basically, is what he's telling me. Could have just been an empty threat, and Mock called his bluff. Could have been. Yeah, that's very true. So who knows? But, uh, so one one thing we don't know about uh, Virginia Dare is we, we don't know where she learned that air magic, do we? Nope. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, she just it, randomly is, is the mistress of air. Because she has stolen it from her elder? Maybe? Well, I mean, it's, it's possible. Well, um, I'm guessing the witch didn't train her. Just no, probably not. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's going on with that lady? <laughs> Full of surprises. She could have, for all we know. But uh, no, there's there's not really much mention of it either. I was just going to, that's what I was going to say. There really isn't much mention of it. I mean, the whole, I think the whole, re- the only reason we know she's a mistress of air really is because that's, that came from that conversation with Machiavelli and the sorceress. Right. But that's really the only discussion of her having air magic. Right. And you know, through all of that fighting with the Cucubus and the Ravens, Odin's Ravens and, and, you know, uh, the Care Bears, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hugs a lot and mugs a lot. Um, they, uh, 
she didn't she didn't display any of that even though they were already upon them d used his magic to uh you know to freeze the ice and things like that yeah she didn't and, do a whole uh, lot she didn't do anything <laughs> she didn't she, if she's a mistress of air you think she could you know do a little ghost wind thing and blow those ravens out of the sky maybe her mistress of air thing is linked to the flute yeah that's what i was going to say that yeah i mean that makes sense because you know you're you know obviously using air to to make the sound through the flute. What if someone else picks up the flute that doesn't, that's not a master or mistress of air and blows on it and nothing comes out? Well, we do know that she hits the point where late in the necromancer, she blows the flute and nothing comes out. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't you remember? No. It's like she's out of energy or, or that's, something. And that would kind of lead credence to that thought because if she's out of uh, out, out, running lower in energy and stuff, she's not able to use her magic to to you know make the flute do what it needs to do with her air magic. Page two twenty eight. They're on the run. Dare pulled her flute from its leather cover, put it into her lips, and blew gently, and yet no sound came out. Oh, Wait. she gasped. That's not good. No, but weren't they in the undeveloped shadow realm? That might be, but... Yeah, I don't think... Maybe there's a sound-traveling issue there. I think there was something... I don't know if it was... Maybe it was kind of like the Nameless City where it channels auric energy and drains people. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, the Shadow Realm, Hecate Shadow Realm, well, that kind of drained batteries. But it, it, it... Yeah, doesn't Nicholas say if we stayed here long enough, it would start feeding off of your auric energy, the Shadow Realm would? And this one is um, an unmade shadow realm, and they said it started yeah. but never finished. Exactly, so that could be that could that, be it too. That's exactly what I was thinking. Was you know if they're in, I, I know it's kind of they're breathing and stuff. So obviously it's not like a a, a a space vacuum, but maybe the effects, you know the the yeah. the effects on everything in that realm, you know, haven't been developed yet, and you know. Obviously, there's gravity because they're they're able to run on the ground and things like that. But and they're able to talk to each other, so you'd think music would come out of a flute. But uh, and yeah. some sort of magic of some sort works because the swords their glow and their magic is what lets them see. Yeah, but I don't think we can categorize the sword because the swords built that shadow realm. Oh no! Yeah. Like I said, I. I I think I think they are like they're they, they like Trump. Yeah. I I do think that the swords probably have an interesting magic that's all their own. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's Paul. I mean, that would kind of lead credence to what I was saying before about um, you know using air magic to to make the flute do what it does. Yeah, because we don't really see her use magic at all. I no, don't think we no. know what color her aura is. I don't think so. I think there's a mention of her scent, but. Other than that, she smells like Teen Spirit. Uh, no, I believe it's. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's Sage, maybe. Uh, do believe you're right. But yeah, so it's interesting that we get a scent, but no aura. Yeah, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards that with the whole flute thing that that she uses her mastery of air to make the flute work. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting theory. Of course it is. <laughs> what do you think this show's about? Interesting theories. <laughs> My and awesome discussions. <laughs> Joking. No, Joking. <laughs> no, I'm not really. Speaking of the grouping of Dare and D, 
I'm not sure how that's going to tie in, but come on, somebody. Speaking of D. <laughs> there we go. So, Jamie, what about that D? Sorry, I'm still researching. <laughs> the letter? Yeah, the letter D. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by the letter D and the... (laughs) D's are everywhere. Captain D. (laughs) Letter... Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's kind of related. You can cut it out if not. Um, I just... I researched um, like a goddess with a flute kind of thing and I came up with uh, Euterpe. I don't know how you say it. It's E-U-T-E-R-P-E. So I don't know if it's... Related to something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she has um, it's a Greek goddess, and also known as a mute or muses. So goddess of music, song, and dance. Okay. So I don't know if like somehow Virginia Dare could be related to, or interpret as a, a goddess or something. Or maybe that's just where the flute came from. Could or be. Who taught her? Yeah, fathered by Zeus was one of the muses uh, called the giver of delight. There's really not much on her. There's a picture of her I found where she's holding what looks like a flute in each hand. She's multi-talented. Yeah, I see that one. Yeah. Oh, I love her. I love her. Um, Her attribute was a double flute. Hmm. She was uh, she was killed at Troy, according to Homer's Iliad. So then, off with her head. Off with her head. And her flutes. So, what about what about her, uh, her companion now that she's kind of tied to? What's his name? John D? I'm kind of J.D. Let's call him J.D. I'm going to call him J.D. from now on. I like that. Is that cool? Let's call him J.D. JD and the hoops and the hizzy <laughs> burned his hands all up. Okay, a different side of D working on his own on the run. Well, I don't know. He's not really working on his own because he's got Dare with him. Well, he was kind of working on his own until by himself till, till he tag teamed with her. Yeah, you're right. Although, you know what? I think he's uh, still really kind of on his own because it's not like she knows what his plans are. She's kind of just. Coming along for the ride at this point. Ride. Yeah. Yep. He definitely, I think there's something in it for her. He definitely needs her. And you know what? He still got I think he's still got a little thing for her. I think so. Don't you he think? He is smitten. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the think... way he describes the way she's described when he first sees her, like it's almost like he's drooling over her. Yeah. Yeah, I think well, that I, I, we're not even sure really how that whole relationship ended, are we? Nope. No. So we don't know what happened there. What I would was the love to be a fly on that wall. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think he still likes her, though. I think he's still got a thing for her. It couldn't have been that bad, though, if she's... Yeah, they're still friendly. I mean, it's not like she slapped him in the face. No, but there was a reference to the fact that he saved her life in Boston once. It's sort of a, a like, it's, it's just dropped there. And she does at one point say, you know, that's an exchange for you saving my life. And so I wonder if there's not, again, we talked about earlier, I think she's, I think the only reason she's, she 
she is tolerating him is because she thinks she's going to get something that she wants from from him. Yeah. Oh yeah, from her side of it, I agree. I think he's I think he's looking for maybe a little bit more than that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I he doesn't he doesn't even blink. I think he's getting little rekindling feelings there. I mean, he doesn't even blink when she comes in and was like, "I went shopping on your credit card." That's right. Kind of, it's kind of like I used to do that all the time, so I might as well do it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean that type of thing. And then you know she talks about rearranging his furniture and it needing a woman's touch, and he just kind of lets her, you know, lets her talk. Yeah. And then she watches him rearrange the furniture, and she just kind of stands there. And he, you know, he's like, "You gonna help?" And she's like, "No." And he lets her get away with it. So yeah, yeah, she definitely has him by the short and curlies. I mean, she definitely has she definitely has him wrapped a little bit there. Uh, I mean, I, for somebody who's very calculating, she walks all over him. Yep. And, Maybe she's more dangerous than what we see, and D knows this. Uh, it's possible she could be a little sleeper, like uh, like Paranel. You know, like at, at face value, you think uh, Nicholas is running the show, and until you find out that. Nicholas really hardly knows squat. Mm-hmm. Well, Prometheus calls her the killer. So, I mean, that's probably... Yeah. That should be a sign. She's, it's not yeah. like she's homeless. No. So, D's maybe D scared of her. Uh, no, I don't think he's scared of her. Because you know what he says. He, he constantly says, if, if anything scares him, he destroys it. Yeah. Well, so, not necessarily scared, but, like, he has to be careful... The decision he makes around her, kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because she's more dangerous than what she's portrayed. Right. Well, and he definitely doesn't tell her everything right off the bat. I mean, he kind of eases her into the summoning Kualiku thing, and you know, because there, there's at least three conversations where it's either brought up or kind of led into, but not completely discussed. So. Yeah, and she's just kind of. Just randomly asking, you know, like it's not a big deal. She's like, "Oh, so what are you going? What are we going to do after that? And how are you going to do this?" You know, she's not really demanding full uh, full disclosure there of what's going on. But the, I do think it's funny the the amount of exchange of information. She definitely gets way more knowledge from him than she ever gives to him because he asks her all these questions and she's just like, "No, I'm not going to tell you," and changes the subject. But if she asks something, D usually answers her. So usually fesses right up, doesn't he? Yeah, she's definitely wearing. So the what pants. do you think D's going to do next? I think D's going to move on to the next topic. Uh, you know, yep. D is going to. My opinion. I said this earlier. I think D is going to realize that he needs Josh to be as powerful as possible, um, with Mars controlling him to to fight on his side. And I think his his one of his things is going to be to have Virginia Dare uh, teach Josh uh, air magic. There's no <laughs> confirmation that D knows that she has air magic or knows air magic. So if he knows that, I think he's going to try to persuade her to teach Josh. That's assuming he wants um, to use Josh. Assuming he does, I think he's going. I think he's going to look at him after the coat liquor incident, and now he's tricked Josh into being distrustful of. Or obviously, he already had tricked him into being distrustful of, of Nick and Perry. But you know, with the whole 
you know, Josh has this tremendous headache and D finds out that uh, Nick and Perry are watching him and he makes him go away. And then, you know, Josh is thinking, oh, wow, that, that they were, you know, they were spying on me, you know. And then they come in and they, they, they kill Quietly Q and he, he sees this beautiful woman and, you know, he doesn't understand why they want to do that. And so he's mad at Sophie and all of them. And so, you know, he he's convinced I was, good go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> actually i had i had lost my my train of thought i, thought you had, I but, was going somewhere with that and it derailed you were talking about how <laughs> d was gonna turn josh against everybody yeah, else he didn't, and he didn't really have to because he's already halfway done it is what i mean well and i was just gonna say that well i think it's sort of bringing in the next thing we were going to talk about i think he's going to find out josh has the pages of the codex and then absolutely he has no other choice but to turn josh against everybody else to give him the pages that's right to and get the pages sure do you think josh is going to offer up that information or do you think he's going to figure it out i don't i don't i don't think that at this point you know even if josh is mad at at uh at sophie and nicholas and perry and that whole that whole group i don't know that he trusts d enough yet to uh to give him the pages oh definitely not mars is in his head and apparently doesn't know he has the pages and once his mars is freed is he still going to be able to do that mind control thing and you know be out and about and, and doing his own thing I don't think we know enough about exactly how that's going on to to answer that. How he's controlling him. I kind of wonder if D will show Josh the codex, like what he has of it. And if, you know, he sees that A, Josh can read it because we've seen evidence of that. But B, when Josh is standing there, if the codex has some kind of draw to itself that might reveal that he has the remaining pieces. That's that's possible. Sure. Yeah, maybe Josh will see something he he likes or that he could use, and then you know decide to show the pages. Right. Or, or D would be like, you know, I'm trying to stop the Dark Elders from coming back yeah. now, and if I just had the last pages, and and kind of trick him. Trick him I would that rather way. that something like that happen instead of just kind of like, oh, Josh takes off his shirt, and oh, there's the pages. <laughs> You just want Josh to take his shirt off. I don't think he's going to oh, hand right. them over freely, freely right away. I think. Oh no! no yeah, I think it's no. Good. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So that about that's that's that about wraps up what we've got for going on for D and Dare. Um, the little the little grouping they got going on there. The little little trio they've got now. Now that they've uh, obtained uh, Josh into that. You know, gearing up for what's going to happen in the Warlock, which is only 130 days away, by the way. Next time, you might want to tune in for that one because it's going to be a good one. We're going to cover uh, a little bit of Machiavelli and a little bit of uh, Billy the Kid. So uh, that should be a rather entertaining entertaining podcast. There's some two very rich characters that have some really good banter back and forth. A little bit Machiavelli, a little bit Billy the Kid. Sorry, the breaking the song there hadn't done that yet. So uh, <laughs> be sure and tune in uh, for that next month. 
Also remember to go over and vote for us on Podcast Alley. Uh, we hear that slowly but surely the uh, voting system is coming back around. Uh, so hop on over there and uh, try to vote for us and leave uh, you know comments, reviews. Obviously, we won't turn down any reviews on uh, iTunes or uh, Blueberry.com. So be sure and do those. All those links, by the way, you can find from the podcast page on the portal. Please send us emails. Send us, you know, call in with uh, with uh, voicemails to the uh, Skype line. Uh, what's the Skype line again, Jamie? Awakenings Podcast, one word. Awa- Awakenings Podcast, all together. Yep. And you can send us emails at uh, awakenings at flamels-immortal-portal.com. Uh, you can always email the individual portalcasters and Roxy, in this case, our very portalcaster. You can email all of us by typing in our first name, and that is at flamels-immortal-portal.com. Uh, that is absolutely all for this episode. Uh, so until the next leg eight opens, this is... Jamie. Jeff. Sean. I mean, Roxy. <laughs> and Chris <laughs> signing off Warning, this podcast may induce uncontrollable laughter resulting in stares, glares, and strange looks from members of the general public Please take the appropriate steps to protect yourself from these embarrassing moments. Uh, big news for us, for the podcast, we got uh, nominated for a uh, a podcast award in the uh, 2010 Podcast Awards. Sadly, oh no, I was supposed to say we won. <clears throat> All right. Lots of emails. Stuff. Yeah. You, you ruined my emails. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> punctuation, people. Please use punctuation. <laughs> 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 Even though she's a mistress of air, it seems he only wanted her to help him raise Kotliku? <laughs> Just call her, to call her Kotlicker. We do. <laughs> Kotlicker. Okay. Okay, so let me restart that. <laughs> Even though she is a mistress of air, it seems he only wanted her to. Bleh! <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving on. <laughs> what are you guys going to talk about? <laughs> so, how was your day? How was your day? <laughs> it was a chilly 25 here this morning. Ice on the windshield. It's always lovely. Stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have, like, four feet of snow? Uh, actually, we got rain for New Year's Eve, and all the snow melted. Oh, well, that's kind of what happened to us down here, too. We had a good six, eight inches, and... Or after Christmas. It, you it had a tornado it warning on New Year's Eve. Gone. <laughs> what? Oh you had God. tornadoes on New Year's Eve. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. And Happy New Year. <laughs> Surprise. The yeah. end of the world in 2012? Wait, what? No, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the end of your world. <laughs> uh, this has been your little worldly weather update. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> From all the, the corners of the world. So let's go to see what's happening on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who's not on Facebook, Virginia Dare, as far as I know, have not. Did you look her up? Let, let's do it. Let's do it <laughs> I'm, I'm searching.
Me too. Uh, she's not coming out. No? Nicholas Flamel's on Facebook. What about D? Is he on Facebook? Well, my Facebook just got really slow. Wow. I think we all accessed it at the same time. I've got a lot of Virginia dares. I don't know who (laughs) you were looking for. I don't know who you were looking for, but I've got like 25 Virginia dares. Yeah, but are they the Virginia dare? (laughs) All right. Virginia dare is, the actual Virginia dare is not on Facebook, sadly. Sad. Oh, well. I would have friended her. I think she's pretty cool. That's a long link. That is a long link. (laughs) That is a very long link. (laughs) <laughs> essentially, <awesome>. essentially, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know what? I think I think that needs to be like posted on the forum somewhere. <laughs> I just thought that was really cute. When we post this episode, like a pan flute, like this. <laughs> yeah, just like this. Yeah, we'll post a picture of a pan flute on the forum. <laughs> a rat playing a pan flute. <laughs> What if someone else, let's say D picks up a flute. Wow. <laughs> that was a good idea I had. <laughs> Speaking of D. Like a snow hill. It's Virginia D. Or Virginia Dare. I'm, I'm <laughs> as bad as the audio guy. <laughs> it's Virginia D. Speaking of D. Look at me. Okay. I'm Sandra D. We should have done that. Oh my god! <laughs> I sure you can fit Look it in somewhere. Me. I'm Doctor D. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I the only one laughing at your jokes? <laughs> because the other two are totally used to my corny, <laughs> and right. they are—they are null and. Um, okay completely, now? completely desensitized. Oh, desensitized. Okay. <laughs> desensitized. Desensitized. All right. So, what are we? What are we talking about? We're talking Not about D. D. Working on. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get there, but our segues suck. <laughs> Where's Sean when you need him? <laughs> we we have no really confirmation that he knows. She knows air magic. Nose hairs. There's nose nose hairs. That she has nose hairs. <laughs> <laughs> There's no confirmation of those nose hairs. Um, wow. Emailing us. I don't know what I'm doing. <clears throat> and you can email and in in the emails in the email category in the category of emails. I'll take five hundred, Alex. <laughs> um, okay. We should still leave it that way. I mean, Roxy. Sean, I, I mean, Roxy. I'm Roxy. <laughs> I saw you change it. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> that's 